DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Just listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team. I don't know, maybe even the Clippers. That is still in contention. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up, what's up, L.A. basketball fans, and specifically my Clipperholic fans. Welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside Podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, L.A. Ray. And again, forgive me for my voice. I'm still recovering from a little strep throat situation, and but I had to get another uh, episode in here to talk about the Clippers. I can't just leave the Clippers hanging as they have tied this series against Utah two games apiece, winning the last two games at the Staples Center, game number three, or 132-106 to 106 pasting of the Utah Jazz, and then last night the 118-104 victory over the Utah Jazz. And it looks to me like the Clippers are gaining all the momentum here it looks like they finally are a team that, that could possibly make it to the Western Conference Finals. Now, of course, they have to go back to Utah in Game 5. They're going to have to win a game in Utah. But the way that they're playing right now, they play up to their potential. This team is going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. And they're being led by their two superstars, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And especially last night when Kawhi Leonard just went off and, of course, it was punctuated by the dunk heard around the world. Take a listen. 17 in the quarter for Mitchell, 21 overall. 
No rush here for L.A. Leonard, seven to shoot. Kawhi makes his move. Oh! Wow! A major Kawhi light! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Put a frame on that poster! Now, did you hear the announcer? A major Kawhi light. I thought that was pretty good. But listen, Derek Favors. Now, most NBA players in their career, if they've played for a while, most of them are going to get posterized at one point in their career. It's just inevitable. The NBA players are just too too tall, too fast, too strong. They jump too high. You're going to get posterized. But it all depends on the situation when you get posterized. Of course, this is a game that the Clippers had to win. They just absolutely had to win this game. They could not afford to go down 3-1 and then going back to Utah, which they would have probably ended this uh, season for the Clippers. But Kawhi Leonard coming down in that situation, coming down the lane, and he sees Derek Favors there under the basket, and he just takes off like he's on a trampoline and just, ooh, just filthy, nasty, posterized. As the announcer went on to say, put a put a frame on that poster. Nasty. I mean, Kawhi Leonard just he just showed out, and and then the rest of the team did as well. Now, one of the things I want to mention first is the adjustments that Ty Lue has made by uh, inserting uh, Terrence Mann or giving more minutes, I should say, to Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard. Now, all of you know, all of the whole season here with the Clippers, I've been on Luke Kennard's back. I will admit it. I've been on him. He signed that $64 million contract, which is no fault of his, of course. Hey, if you know some dude's going to give me 64 stacks and I'm not going to contribute much, at least during the regular season, I'm going to take that $64 million and run all the way to the bank. So he wasn't producing all that much. And, you know, maybe it was Ty Lue not trusting him or the rest of the coaching staff not trusting him. But um, some games he got in and did pretty well. But for the most part, Luke Kennard was a non-factor. Now he's being inserted in his game and now – or in a series, I should say, and now he is starting to step up. Now, I'm not saying that Luke Kennard is the be-all, end-all, you know, that he's the X factor or anything like that. But the way you talk and score the ball, the Clippers need buckets. Okay, they need buckets. And if you have a guy that's hot, like Luke Kennard is, and you just ride the guy. I remember back in the day when uh, Chuck Daly was coaching the Pistons, you know, when those Isaiah Thomas and uh, Joe Dumars and – Vinny Microwave Johnson back in those days you bring in Microwave off the bench man and if he's hot then Chuck Daly just rode the guy until the Microwave was turned off baby that's how you do with these players you bring in a canard and if he's out there shooting that three piece you ride him you just keep riding man you're gonna have to score against Utah and I'm not sure what Ty Lue was thinking because in that second game in Utah, the one that they lost 117 to 111, Luke Kennard only played 10 minutes in that game, scored three points. In the first game, Luke Kennard uh, scored 18 points. In the uh, first game, lost to uh, Utah. The game they lost 112 to 109. But in the second game, for some reason, he did not get a whole lot of playing time, and, and uh, neither did uh, Terrence Mann. But now he's rotating those guys in and Terrence Mann as well. Terrence Mann is not going to give you volume buckets or anything like that. I mean, he's going to score some, but he just gives you so much energy, so much energy. It rubs off on the other players. So those two, I think is going to be very integral uh, for the rest of this series in terms of uh, the Clippers and their rotation. 
putting uh, Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann in that lineup. And also, also what Ty Lue has done, which I kind of question myself, but again, that's why Ty Lue makes the big bucks. And I'm just sitting here, I'm just a regular old dude on, doing this podcast trying to analyze this game. Patrick Beverly, he's brought him in for defensive purposes. And, you know, what does Pat, Patrick Beverly do? do? He plays a hell of a defense, tenacious defense, gets under the player's skin. You know, he's gotten under uh, Spider Mitchell's skin where they were they were fighting for a, a loose ball, and he blocked Mitchell's shot uh, right before halftime twice. You know, this, this is what Patrick Beverly does. And, and right now, Rondo seems to be the odd man out in this uh, three-guard rotation. Reggie Jackson has been on fire. Reggie Jackson has been on fire since the Dallas series. So this team looks like it's, it's really, really coming together. And if they play like they played last night, I do believe that they can win game five in Utah or maybe even a game seven in Utah if it comes to that. But going back to this game last night, the uh, Clippers 118-104 victory. Again, they were led by their two superstars, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who um, Kawhi Leonard scored 31 points in this game. Now, of course, there's going to be some angst around Clipper Nation as in terms of his knee. It looks like he banged knees. I want to say it may have been uh, he and uh Bogdanovich, maybe, or maybe it was Ingles, but he left the game with four minutes left. He kind of limped off the court a little bit, and Clipper Nation just went wild on 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 Twitter. You know, I'm always watching a game and and doing the, reading Twitter posts at the same time. And you know, why is Kawhi Leonard? Why is he out the game? What happened to him? You know, why did Ty Lue take him out? Is he resting him because the Clippers had a big lead at that time? I believe they had like maybe a 15, 16 point lead somewhere around in there. But the way that the Jazz were scoring, I'm thinking to myself, man, it, you, you got to bring this kid back in the game. Speaking of Kawhi Leonard. But it turns out that they just uh, kept him out as a precaution, which was a good thing. And it was just no way that the Clippers were going to lose that game. They ended up winning by 14 points. But again, led by Kawhi Leonard's 31 points, 9 of 19 from the field. 10 out of 13 from the free throw line. And also, Paul George, 9 out of 20, 4 of 10 from three-piece land. He also scored 31 points. If those two guys get that kind of consistency between the two from this point forward, again, I don't see any reason why the Clippers cannot overtake the Utah Jazz and end up playing the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference Finals. The rest of this team, though, if they continue to play well, such as Marcus Morris Sr., Six out of 11, five out of six from three-piece land. He's been playing very well since the end of that Dallas series, and he scored 21 points. Reggie Jackson did not have the typical Reggie Jackson game that he's been having of late. He was only two or four in this game for four points. So only shot the ball four times, but that's okay. That's, that's, that's really okay. He did not turn the ball over any in this particular game. So as far as I'm concerned, Reggie Jackson played a good floor game. And um, he fed the hot the hot guys on the Clippers, which was Leonard, Morris, and Paul George. So th- that's that's the kind of game that Reggie Jackson, you know, if, if he plays like that for the rest of this series, then again, the Clippers will be in good hands. And as I mentioned, Luke Kennard came off the bench. He was 3 of 5, 
two of four from three piece land scored eight points. Now, you, you know, you made me think, okay, LA Ray is only eight points, man, but still, you know, that's better than playing only 10 minutes and not scoring any or just scoring a bucket. So Luke Kennard and, and just in stretches, he only played 12 minutes in this game, but at least he played. And when he's open, he has that confidence now. He can shoot that three ball. He can definitely shoot the three. Patrick Beverly, 20 minutes, was just a dog on defense, man. Kid is a dog on defense. He actually had four blocks, too. He had four blocks in this game to lead the Clippers in that particular category. So now we're waiting on game number five. Game number five will be tomorrow night and... You know that the fans in Utah are going to be raucous. It's going to be loud as hell. That's a loud-ass stadium they got there, or arena they got there in Utah. Those are rabid fans. And if the Clippers can just withstand that initial surge that you know Utah is going to have, they're going to come out firing. That's what this team does. And, and just let me speak about this team for a minute, Utah. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, now in this game, he was only 9 of 26. They were running guys at him. That's another adjustment that Ty Lue made. They're not just going to sit let there, or, or sit there and let him go one-on-one -on -one against everybody without running somebody at him on the double team. So they started to do that. And even if he scored 37 points, those were hard-earned 37 points that Donovan Mitchell scored. Again, he was only 9 out of 26, so the field goal percentage there was not that great. He was only 6 out of 15 from 3. And, uh, again, he led them with 37 points, but he had to work very, very hard for those points. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is the type of guy. I put this on a Twitter post uh, last night when I was watching the game. It's, it seems like, of course, it's not the case, but it seems like every time this guy shoots the ball, he makes a basket. You know, one, one guy on Twitter said, uh, you know, he looks like a, a used car salesman or Looks like the agent that sold uh, sold his mom her house and things like that. Guy doesn't even look like a basketball player. But it seems like every time he puts that left-handed shot up, baby, you better watch out. He just jog on to the other end of the court. He was 7 out of 9 from the field, 5 of 7 from three-piece land, scored 19 points. And then Bogdanovich, he scored 18 points. He's another guy. Now, you leave these guys open, and they're going to kill you, kill you. Bogdanovich, 39 minutes, 6 out of 12 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3-piece land. He also scored 18 points. And then you have Rudy Gobert in there, you know, the, the, the Frenchman down in there clogging up the middle, all 7 foot 3, you know, whatever he is, clogging up the middle down there. And uh, and then you got Royce O'Neal, who's there, sort of like their defensive uh, bulldog, much like Pat Beverly is. So they have some scores on this team. Now, the person that they stopped last night was Jordan Clarkson. You know, Jordan Clarkson, he played 30 minutes, but he was only 3 of 12. 3 of 12 from the field, only 2 of 8 from three-piece land, only scored 8 points. I mean, this is a guy that can be on, he can get on fire at any given moment, especially when they're playing in Utah. So this game... Uh, as I mentioned, it was I'm not going to say it was over by halftime. At, at one point in the first half, the Clippers had a 29-point lead. And again, the, the, the Twitter chatter was that, okay, Clippers, you know, you've been ahead by 29, 30 points before and have blown a game. You know, will the Clippers blow this game? So what happens? Utah just slowly but surely just chops away at that lead. Chop, chop, chop. You know, here go Bogdanovich. 
you know, hitting a three. And then Ingles comes back. He hits a three. And then Donovan Mitchell fires one up from deep. You know, next thing you know, they got it under 20 points. And the Clipperholics on, on Twitter was just beside themselves. You know, they, hey, I can't, I can't stand it. I can't even, I can't even finish watching this game. Do you really think the Clippers are going to blow this game? There's no way they were going to lose this game last night. Uh, you know, at least if you if, if if you leave it in the hands of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they were not going to let that happen last night. But at one point in the second half, or actually in the fourth quarter, the Utah did uh, get it down to, I want to say, 10 points, 10, 11 points, something like that in the fourth quarter. Now, a lot of that was, and, and again, a lot of the Twitter posts on Twitter, they were blaming a lot of it on the referees. And the referees were... Uh, we're, we're blowing their whistle just a little bit too much. Just a little bit too much. You know, I'm not sure if they were trying to let the Jazz back into the game or who knows. But there were some questionable, questionable calls in that fourth quarter. And they were blowing that whistle just a little too much for my good. Kind of remind me of that uh, too short song, Blow the Whistle. Why they gotta say it like short? You know they can't play on my court. Can't hang with the big dogs. Stay on the porch. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle. That's what the referees were doing in that fourth quarter, blowing that whistle. Like Too Short said, the big dogs can't stay on my court. What happens? The refs, they start blowing a whistle. But even with that, the Clippers withstood all of that. They withstood the barrage uh, from the Jazz. And they withstood all the whistles from the referees and they came out victorious. It may have been a point in the past where something like that would have rattled the Clippers in, in, in past years. And maybe they would have folded. But this team looks a little bit different here. And uh, Ty Lue has them playing really, really good basketball. So it's going to be very, very exciting these last three games. If it if it ends up being three games, of course, if um, one of these teams win the next two games, is over with. But I kind of see this going to a game seven, although I think the Clippers can beat Utah in Utah in game five. They definitely can. Uh, but, you know, if I was a betting man, and by the way, if you want to bet on these games, go to DraftKings.com, our sponsor, the best sports book, online sports book in America, DraftKings.com. Put your money on a clip joint, or if you like, put it on the Jazz. Bet on the money line, bet on the spread, bet on the over-under, wherever it may be. But if I was a betting man, I would say that this is probably going to go seven games and, and just down to the wire. And then we'll see. You know, we'll see who comes out on top. The Phoenix Suns will be waiting for one of these teams, and they'll, they'll be getting plenty of rest, uh, speaking of the Phoenix Suns. So with that, L.A. Clipper fans, I'm going to – Stop it right there. I'm trying to save my voice a little bit. Normally, my episodes are a little bit longer than this, but I'm trying to uh, save my voice a little bit for the rest of this week when I do some more commentary and analysis on this Clipper series and the rest of the uh, NBA playoff series as well. Well, speaking of that, just real quick, the Atlanta Hawks, man, come back against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. That was a very, very good game. They were down by, like, I believe at one point, somewhere around 18 points or so. They came back and won that game. Joel Embiid just did not look the same at all. He did not have a very, very good game at all, at least shooting from the floor. And 
Don't know if that leg or whatever kind of leg injury he has going is, is affecting his game. But uh, he did not look uh, good at all in that particular game. And Atlanta, you know, fought back. So now that series is sat, uh, tied up two games apiece. So that's going to be very, very interesting as well. And then you have the Nets and uh, Milwaukee. And Milwaukee has come back and tied that series 2-2. Not sure what the status of, of uh, Kawhi, I'm sorry, not Kawhi, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving's ankle. And then you still have the beard, James Harden, the beard. You still have him out with that hamstring. So does that mean that um, Kevin Durant, does he have to carry the load all by himself? Can he carry the load all by himself? He looked a little frustrated towards the end of that game uh, as well. So that series is going to depend on the health of uh, Kyrie Irving and the beard. And then, of course, Phoenix, they just dispatched of the uh, Denver Nuggets. So good playoff series going on. And uh, L.A. Ray, I will be back with you all after the Clippers game tomorrow night. Or I'll do the, uh, the next podcast episode the next day after the Clippers game on Wednesday night. And with that... LA basketball fans. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd also like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network for putting on this podcast. And again, to our sponsor, DraftKings.com, we appreciate you as well. And if you don't want to miss uh, an episode of LA Corsat, uh, make sure you go to whatever platform you get your podcast from, whether that be Google, Apple, Stitcher, or Spotify, and make sure you subscribe to LA Corsat. Also, comment rate and review really really appreciate it appreciate it with that again until the next episode of la courtside peace